<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> Hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in nerd cage live this ain't just a reaction show but a debate show and a live discussion everything that makes people like you and i tick so thank you for joining us tonight please hit that like button and subscribe i'm your co-host jay saying g coming to you live from syracuse new york and always with me the warrior for wakanda the fiend from louisville my man mark weathers what's shaking man Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual. And yes, today we are going to be talking about the 25th anniversary of one of my favorite films. And I know that it's one of yours. It's perfect for any fan of martial arts and particularly big fans of Jackie Chan. And of course, I'm talking about the US release of Rumble in the Bronx directed by Stanley Tong. Now, as most people know, Jay, you are the biggest Jackie Chan fan. So I want to hear from you exactly what this movie means to you. First and foremost, I've been chomping at the bit. I've been finding an excuse for us to do a Jackie Chan look back, and this couldn't come at a better time. Rumble in the Bronx was my introduction to Jackie Chan, and I will never forget. I believe he was on Good Morning America or something before the movie came out. And my mom was just, Jason, come look at this. This guy does his own stunts and martial arts in his movies and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, whoa, that's incredible. And of course, he's promoting what would be the United States release of Rumble in the Bronx. And I remember seeing clips of the commercial and I'm like screaming at my, I'm like, mom, you gotta take me to see this movie. And it turned out the movie was rated R. My mom refused because I was only like nine years old. Keep in mind, I'm fresh off Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat kind of like lured me into like the martial arts films a little bit, but it was right. Rumble in the Bronx that put me into overdrive. Finally, I got to rent the movie at a video store when those were out there. And man, I lost my damn mind. And one particular scene that did it for me that drew me in for the rest of my life is seeing Jackie Chan jump off the rooftop onto the other balcony on the building next to the other building. I'm just like, whoa, that was like the first time that I seen an actor like do a real dangerous stunt like that. And it was real, no wire work, no nothing. And I just been a diehard fan ever since. Yeah, I hear you. Now, this wasn't my first experience with Jackie Chan, uh, sort of growing up in the 80s. Uh, I'd become aware of him through a movie called Cannonball Run, which yep. came out in like 1981. Roger Moore, Reynolds, right. Roger Moore, Dom DeLuise. It's sort of this like all-star cast. And he had a minor role in that, but he was like super impressive. So impressive, in fact, that me and my friends over the years, like through junior high school and high school, became huge Jackie Chan fans. We started watching some of his Hong Kong films, including, you know, Drunken Master, Spiritual Kung Fu, The Big Brawl, you know, some of the other films leading up to this one. And so for us to see him get like a widespread US release and become a household name was a huge thing for us. That was like our moment where we could tell everybody that we knew, like, <laughs> I told you so. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so that's what this movie means to me. And watching it again this many years later, you know, you sort of harken back to that era before the sort of onslaught of martial arts in action films, just to sort of marvel at some of the things that he was doing back then, you know, before a lot of people even thought of it. I mean, he was just incredible. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because it's not just a martial arts movie. Make no bones about it, this is an action movie. 
Yeah, and, and with such a monster hit on such a small budget, I think this was made for $7.5 million. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it had a worldwide gross of over $76 million. Yeah. So that's a testament to exactly how much impact he had on the worldwide viewing audience at the time, you know, most of whom had never seen anything like him before. But I will say this, the movie's got flaws, but I don't think it's at the fault of the studio. I think it was more the, the distributor. As lackluster some of the acting is, not Jackie Chan, I'm saying like some of the other actors in the film, any martial arts movie, you're gonna have to like, you know, go into thinking, okay, the acting's not gonna be on par with anything from Hollywood. Right. What you watch this movie for is for the action. Right, exactly. And I think that, you know, that sort of echoes what Roger Ebert said at the time when he sort of gave his critique. What he said specifically is any attempt to sort of cut this movie down for its acting is futile. Compare Jackie Chan to Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire was the best at what he did, and Jackie mm -hmm. Chan is absolutely the best at what he does. It's just a question of turning that part of your brain off and just focusing mm -hmm. on the stunts and on the martial arts. And if you do that, then you truly will enjoy the movie. There is no wire work in this movie. They do not slow down the film. Like what you're seeing, Jackie Chan moving as fast as he does, that's how fast he's really fighting. They don't slow down anything. Jackie Chan's taking some serious punishment. And of course, they highlight that in the blooper reel after the movie. As you see, like he broke his foot jumping onto the moving hovercraft and he had a cast on and they painted over a sock to make it look like his other shoe. Right. And he can still continue filming. Those set pieces are impressive. The fighting is phenomenal. And just knowing that's really Jackie doing all of that and props to his stunt team as well because that's real. They may be wearing padding or something, but they are really taking the hits and taking the falls. Right, and in addition to that, another fun fact, some of the set work is pretty great. A lot of people don't know this. The mm -hmm. setting is New York, but it was actually filmed in Vancouver. Yup. Most of the establishing shots, the early shots, you really can't tell the difference. There are only a few scenes where if you're really looking closely, you can see mountains in the background. Yep. So yes, I know. It's it's, it's, it's it's pretty clear, but <laughs> but they did a good job making this like, it's clearly right. not New York, but to their credit, they did the best they could. And I think they did a admirable job in that sense. Yeah, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, at the end of each filming day, they had to like, tear down everything that they did, like strip off all the graffiti, mm -hmm. pull everything down, and then the next day redo it. And they did that every yeah. single day of filming. Is that right? Yeah, not to mention they were under like a time crunch as well. They were critical with their camera angles so that you couldn't see, you know, the background, <laughs> the mountains in the back. But you right. know, the scenes on the rooftop, I mean, it was kind of inevitable. So Mark, tell me, so what are your favorite scenes of this movie? Just, just go through some scenes that you really love, like that impressed you the most. So, I love pretty much all of the scenes where Jackie Chan is being chased by the gang. The one scene in particular where he's in the parking garage and they're sort of, they're trying to head him off and he, you know, he's, he's, fighting, he's fighting a group of them at a time. He gets cornered onto a roof and his only option is to try to make it to the fire escape in the other building. Oh, <laughs> actually jumps from the edge of the parking garage and makes it to a fire escape. Talk about impressive. <laughs> and if like, you like, if you watch it close, like, like one small mistake, the man's done for. 
Exactly. Like, he barely cleared. Blows my mind every time I watch. I Again, I know it's tame compared to some of his other stunt work in his earlier films, but just from a pure action standpoint, that scene is just so amazing. Like, it, it just like I said, blows my mind every time I see it. As a kid, my favorite scene was like the final showdown between him and Tony and, and the gang right. there. Speaking of, this is why I wore my ministry shirt. They were playing Stigmata <laughs> from Ministry before Jackie Chan wrecked that stereo onto the pool table. Right. Um, but um, as an adult, like, the whole hovercraft chase scene is so damn impressive. The, the fact that they're able to pull that off is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I agree. You know, I've never seen uh, a scene like that in any other film before that or since. And the fact that they were able to sort of like flawlessly sort of pull that off and then have the hovercraft go onto the golf course and repeat yep. that same process there. You know, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, and the bad guy got what he deserved at the end. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess if there's any nitpicks here, I'm gonna point out three real quick. Beside the gangs that Jackie Chan was fighting off to defend the supermarket, there is the mafia gang with, with the diamond heist. Angelo the thug there hides the diamonds inside the wheelchair cushion. <laughs> Jackie Chan picks up the cushion and brushes it off, not realizing there was diamonds in there. Right. I, I don't buy it. <laughs> and then of course, again, a scene that's not exactly fun to watch. The mafia beats up on the kid. He throws Jackie the football helmet and then he throws him that like that wrench or whatever, that tool or whatever. No way that kid could have thrown that. <laughs> and then finally, the uh, other nitpick I have is it's actually a pretty impressive uh, action scene where the mafia chains up the store and then drives off and collapses the whole building. How on earth did they chain that up without them knowing or finding out? But <laughs> Yeah, and do it so quickly. <laughs> I know, but other than that, I can get past all the other flaws. The action in this movie is just too damn good, man. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. I mean, if I really wanted to, I could probably come up with like 40 or 50 nitpicks. But this isn't the kind of movie where you really need to be doing that. You know, the whole point of, of yes. this is to just kind of turn your brain off, have fun, enjoy the martial arts, enjoy the stunts. And so it's a great movie for that. 100%. Now, we do have to address something here is that the Hong Kong version is completely different from the United States version. Now, listen, I have personally not seen the Hong Kong version, but I am definitely intrigued and want to see if I can get my hands on it because it looks like the American version not only that chopped a lot of the movie out, but also rearranged it. Yeah, I'd read something about that, you know, like that for whatever reason, when New Line decided to distribute this movie in the States, they re-edited the film for some reason and took important components out of the movie and then took some parts and moved them around so that they were in a different context than what the original Hong Kong version was. Yeah, in the Hong Kong version, Jackie Chan's character, Keong, is a cop. Right. They completely took that out. You know, they basically just said he was a man from China who won tournaments that was visiting for his uncle's wedding. Uh, another major difference is, and I'm, this is why I'm intrigued to see the film, the, the I'm saying the Hong Kong version. So in the United States version, the supermarket that Jackie Chan's quote unquote protecting is basically just being raided by these thugs for basically like no reason. They just want to, you know, just want to do thuggish things for whatever reason. In the Chinese version, there's actually a story to it. They harass the supermarket because they want protection money. Right, right. So I definitely want to check that out. 
Yeah, I mean, and in addition to that, there are some additional scenes that are completely excised from the movie. For example, the character Elaine, who's played by Anita Moy, she's the shop owner. There's a scene where after the store is renovated, she tries to sell the store off to an unwitting customer, you know, someone who wants to buy the shop. Jackie Chan intervenes and keeps her from selling, basically talking her out of it. Doesn't appear in any US scene, you know, in, in any US version of the film. And so for whatever reason, I'm not sure why they would take something like that out. Well, if you watch the blooper reel, like there are scenes in the bloopers where like, wait a minute, I don't remember seeing that in the movie. So like, <laughs> what's the deal here? So right. I can make the same argument on the Godzilla side. Like a lot of the US versions are different from the, the Japanese versions. Now I'm getting a small taste of that with these Jackie Chan films. I definitely want to see the Chinese version of this movie because I will say this, when I saw this movie, I watched Project A, Police Story, Super Cop, you name it. Recently, uh, Criterion re-released Police Story Parts 1 and 2, full-blown Hong Kong version with English subtitles. And man, it is night and day. Wow. So much story and action is taken out. And I was lucky enough to get my hands on Super Cop as well, Police Story Part 3. Again, night and day. So I really want to see if, uh, and don't wrong, I love Rumble in the Bronx, but if there's an improved version of this, I have to see it. Yeah, same here. I mean, one, you know, we talked about nitpicks a few minutes earlier. And one of the, you know, like a major thing here is, you know, if, you, if you're going to nitpick anything, there's no context given to like a lot of the scenes. They're just, yeah. they just kind of happen and you're left to kind of wonder why. And you know that in the original version, there's got to be more backstory. There's, there are things in there that explain it. So I, for one, definitely want to want to see that original version. So to wrap this up here, this movie is the perfect gateway drug to Jackie Chan films. I feel like, or in some cases you could argue Rush Hour, but I feel like this movie presents as a much better action reel than Rush Hour was. If you want to see what Jackie Chan's really capable of, I feel like Rumble in the Bronx is a good place to start. And if you love this movie, then you need to go back and watch his other films like Armor of the God, Project A, Police Story, Drunken Master. Uh, because this movie, as impressive as it is as, as a typical action movie, it pales in comparison to Jackie Chan's other work. And as far, I'm going to have to give it two different ratings. The movie itself as a whole, again, we were just talking about some of the nitpicks, and it may not be the studio's fault, it may be distribution's uh, fault. But, you know, the movie's got <laughs> its problems here <laughs> and there, so as a movie as a whole, I might give it like a 6 or a 7. But as like a pure action and martial arts film, I got to put like 8.5, maybe a 9. Right. And, you know, if I'm going to give it a rating, uh, if I'm going to give it two ratings, I would have to split myself into two different versions of myself. So the so the 2021 version of myself, if I were seeing this for the first time, taking all the acting and all of the story into account, mm -hmm. I'd have to give it a three or a four. Yeah, but I'm not gonna argue 1996 that. version of me that was all about stunts, all about action, all about martial arts. Back in those days, I gave it an eight or a nine. You know, looking at it from that perspective, I would still give it that score. Absolutely. So yeah, that wraps up our February lookbacks. We got a lot coming in March, but one that we will cover, <laughs> we're definitely gonna do the 30th anniversary of New Jack City. We have um, to. <laughs> I definitely can't wait to delve into that one. Yeah, yeah, there's got to be a lot of cool backstory behind the production of that. I can't wait to dig into it. That'll definitely be one we would cover. Absolutely. So that being said, before we go, we pretty please 
ask you to like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, spread that shit like Silver Soul USA from Syracuse to Louisville and to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live. Please, as always, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the nerd cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs>